0: choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door go to blue nile.com and use promo code listen to get fifty dollars off your purchase of five hundred dollars or more that's code listen at blue nile.com for fifty dollars off your purchase blue nile.com, code listen
1: national insurance goes up again but not just for the rich Bankers' bonuses are taxed while all high earners lose more pension tax relief. And how green was my budget? We assess the value of eco-measures. All this to come in this week's special FT Money show on the Pre-Budget Report. I'm Matthew Vincent and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Steve Lodge. Hello. And Tanya Poli. Hello. So let's start with the money news. This week, the Chancellor's pre-budget report introduced a new levy on bank bonuses, but left income tax rates unchanged. So was it just the rich getting bashed? Not if you look at the effect of new national insurance increases and the freezing of income tax allowances. The Chancellor announced an additional 0.5 percentage point increase to the employee's national insurance contribution on top of the 0.5 percentage point increase announced in the budget back in April. And all of this is going to take effect in 18 months' time. In addition, the threshold at which 40% income tax kicks in has been frozen and there'll be no increase in the personal tax-free allowance next year because the retail prices index was negative in September of this year. So, Steve, complicated. What's the net effect of all of it? The net effect, Matthew, is more people
2: are going to be paying higher rates because of this thing called fiscal drag. Freezing of allowances and freezing of thresholds means that any time you get a pay rise ho-hum or an, an increase in your income, you're going to be tend to shift into that higher band. Obviously, it's going to only affect people at the margin, but they're freezing basically all personal allowances and all uh, tax bands for this coming tax year, it's something, of course, the Chancellor failed to mention in his uh, 50-minute speech. Um, they've said that if, and, and the underlying justification being that RPI is negative, so there's no need to index link it, then they're saying they might even do it next year if RPI remains negative. And the thing that the Chancellor did announce on 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 income tax was that come 2012 he plans to freeze that threshold again. So that means everyone earning over about 43,000 pounds in 2012, and and of course a lot more people who are on are less than that at the moment will be on oh, more than that then will be paying. 40, but of course it won't be 40 it will be 40 plus the one of national insurance that you're already paying plus the other one that's coming in in 2011,
1: so you'll be paying 42 So in effect, uh, the total tax take, because let's face it national insurance is just taxed by another name is going up, so some people will be paying 42, uh, high earners earning more than £150,000, they'll be on 52% in 2011.
2: They'll be on 52, and they will see the 50% band, of course, from next April, April 2010. Uh, so they'll actually go to 51% at the absolute top end, um, that from the following year will go to 52%. So 52p and in extra every pound.
1: But one thing I think that uh, has been overlooked uh, in some places is the fact that it's not just top earners who are affected by this. The national insurance changes are effectively a tax rise for anyone earning over £20,000. Indeed. The Chancellor
2: said he's protecting people who are earning under £20,000, and I think the the Treasury was talking about a figure of fifty million workers being protected. Well, it's all very well, but a lot of listeners will be earning more than... Uh, 20,000 of course and anyone whose career improves or indeed gets a pay rise could find themselves above that 20,000 pound limit but as you say, yes the the national insurance kicks in there hence the talk of uh, the conservative talk about the new class warfare being <laughs> Um, everyone everyone earning over £20,000 being at uh, risk from a Labour government.
1: Yes, it's very much uh, yeah, hitting uh, middle-income earners mm. as well. Are there any winners uh, out of any of the, the tax and national insurance changes?
2: Of course there are, Matthew. There. There's the
1: grumbling pensioners who, got, have got have of course, got a
2: state pension rise of 2.5%. Uh, yes, which would be good? Inflation, inflation is negative. Oh no, you know, yeah, inflation is negative. They still get a pay rise, so they yeah. get a real, a, a yeah. real
1: terms increase of what four yeah. uh,
2: percent almost. Yes, exactly. A real, a real and, and uh, it even doesn't do badly against uh, the the government's preferred measure of inflation, CPI. Um, now, in addition, because national insurance is only levied on workers and self employed people, and indeed employers, so it doesn't hit uh, people whose incomes are our pension and I don't think it hits actually people who are working who are over 65 either and it doesn't hit another group as well those horrible speculator buy to let types um, because they are making their income pure they take their income purely as income and it's subject to income tax but again it's not subject to national insurance or very rarely I think it depends on how you structure a business, but for the standard buy-to-let uh, landlord, um, the speculators of this world, they, they don't, um, they're not going to be hit by national insurance. And, of course, they retain the 18% CGT. So in the round, us in the temple of work, Matthew, are paying for the mistakes of the usurers, the bankers, um, and who's getting away with it? The speculators and the, uh, the grumbling
1: oldies. Exactly. As usual, we're in we're in completely the wrong game uh, doing this. But uh, I think your point about capital gains tax is an interesting one. The, this gap now between if you're a high earner in 2011, you'll be paying 52% effectively marginal rate. But if you flog off your vital property, assuming there isn't a change to capital gains tax, you'll be paying 18%. Do you reckon that this anomaly will have to be addressed if there's a budget before the next election? I think I think it's certainly something that all
2: parties have said there is an anomaly there, and the more people are seen to take advantage of it, the more they will come under pressure to take advantage. and And you will hear exactly that sort of language. These people are speculators. They are they are the old rackmans. Remember rackmans in the sixties. These are landlords. They're not really doing anything. They're just making money out of prof- property, and often out of other people's misery. Of course, if you've ever been a tenant. So um, yes, I think inevitably it will be addressed. Um, so the message to buy to let landlords is enjoy it while it lasts. Um, But if you made good profits, because of course, if you haven't made a profit, the CGT rates are kind of irrelevant on the actual property itself. But if you have, and with the recent recovery in the housing market, there's an argument to consider cashing in before you do get hit, whacked by a big um, a big CTC bill. And don't forget, you also get other tax breaks as well. Mortgage tax relief for buy-to-let mortgages. My God, we really are in the wrong game, aren't we?
1: We are in the wrong game. Uh, but if you're in the right game, uh, you have, probably have about uh, six months in which to... Uh uh, take your gains at 18% before you start paying more tax and national insurance. Steve, thank you very much uh, for that. And for more on the tax rises and how they will affect you on different levels of income, look out for Steve's article in this weekend's FT Money with the Weekend FT and online at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, scrap your boiler and drive a tax-free electric car. We assess the Chancellor's eco wheezes. First though, the tax change is directed not just at bankers, but all high earners. In addition to the 50% levy on discretionary bonuses above £25,000, anyone earning more than £130,000 will potentially see their pension tax relief scaled back immediately. The inheritance tax nil rate band has also been frozen and some loopholes closed. But as ever, the rules are complex, so who better to explain them than our three wise tax experts, Richard Proctor of Grant Thornton, Paula Higgleton of Deloitte and Claire Evans of PwC. Richard, I suppose the big headline measure is this levy on bankers' bonuses, but it's actually a shorter term measure than it first seemed, isn't it?
3: That's correct, Matthew. Uh, if you believe the press release, the intention is that this will only apply from today until the 5th of April 2010. Um, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, institutions looking at their contractual arrangements at the moment to see whether they can delay payment or delay the commitment, perhaps into the new era when this tax no longer applies.
1: Are you suggesting that they might uh, look for ways around it? Uh, sh- surely not. But why would uh, the, the measure only apply to April? What's the, what's the thinking behind this?
3: Well, they want to disincentivise the uh, bonus culture, so they may believe that if they can uh, do it for a short period, then people will change their behaviour. I'm not so sure that's going to happen.
1: And Paul, I suppose the, the significance of the um, uh, measure lasting till April is because that's when the 50% top rate of income tax comes in, is that
4: right? That's absolutely right, Matthew. Um, I think the key point is, is that does things stand? Any bonus paid by a bank, the actual banker, him or herself, won't actually be affected. Um, It's actually a tax on the bank. Um, But if the bonus is then paid after um, the 5th of April, you're then into the 50% um, regime. So in that case, the banker does actually suffer because they pay a higher rate of income tax at the end of the day.
1: So how's it actually going to work? anything that's paid between now and the 5th of april is going to be subject to this levy on the bank not on the banker
4: yes that's right
1: but it, does it also cover arrangements that are that are made between now and then
4: Absolutely. It covers arrangements that are made between now and then and not actually paid. And I think the other thing to remember is that it's not actually applying to cash bonuses. It also applies to um, assets, benefits in kind, loans are caught as well, so you can't lend the money. Um, that would also be caught as a bonus too. So it's wide-ranging in what it catches.
1: And what about um, if you're paid a bonus in shares? Are you affected uh, it
4: That's caught too, unless it's under one of the approved um, share uh, schemes that are already in place.
1: And, uh, Richard, are there any exceptions, are there any bonuses that are not going to be hit by this levy?
3: We're struggling to find any uh, loopholes at the moment. I'm sure people will look at that, but uh, at the moment it seems fairly comprehensive.
1: What about so-called guaranteed bonuses?
3: I think if there's already an arrangement in place, then they seem to escape. Uh, But I think we'll need to look at the detailed legislation to see how that might work.
1: Well, let's broaden out uh, our look at the the PBR now by uh, looking at all employees. Um, Paula, there are also measures um, covering those people who uh, are in a pension scheme, uh, who have an employer who pays into that scheme. It affects high earners. Can you just talk us through it?
4: Um, Well, that's right. Well, by way of background... um, high rate tax relief on pension contributions goes from 6th of April 2011. Um, Now in order to prevent um, people from putting large sums into their pensions um, between uh, last budget day 22nd of April and the 5th of April 2011, we had what are known as anti-forstalling rules introduced. And what we've heard today is an extension to those anti-forstalling rules whereby what happens is where an employer makes contributions on your behalf then that contribution is taken into account in calculating your level of income to determine whether or not you fall within these anti forestalling rules. Um, so essentially, what we have is an additional complication um, and further complexity um, that's really designed uh, for anybody trying to um, increase their high rate tax relief under the current rules before the new rules come in from the 6th of April 2011.
1: And added complexity is, uh, I think, as you're (laughs) suggesting, the last thing uh, that we need. So um, if you are uh, earning less than £130,000 a year, as I understand it, you will not be caught by these new rules. Is that right?
4: That's absolutely right. So anybody earning under £130,000 or anyone who has income of less than £130,000 isn't caught. Um, then there's a little bit of headroom Um, you can have additional contributions of up to 20000 whereby you're not actually caught Um, and so there can be the employer's contributions of up to 20000 before you fall into the anti-forstalling rules and what that generally means is that your um, higher rate tax relief is stopped um, with immediate effect um, unless you already have regular contributions of a higher amount that actually have been um, going into your pension fund on a regular basis
1: So Claire it sounds as if high earners earning between £130,000 and 150000 are going to have to work out effectively what their employer contribution is to see if they are pushed through the £150,000 threshold at which they lose their ability to get higher rate tax relief, dependent upon their Whatever the previous contributions were, is that right?
5: That, that that that's broadly right, and as Paula said, that's a lot more complexity, and things just aren't as simple anymore in determining where you are. So, a degree of certainty, I suppose, has gone out of the equation. Um, the inclusion of employers' contributions in determining the level of income also means that you get into a situation where, effectively, you you're denied tax relief on certain contributions, but you you don't necessarily have the the cash to make up the shortfall.
1: And if you are one of these. People uh, who get caught out because your employer pays an amount into your scheme that pushes you through 150,000 pounds, presumably you will you will get the tax relief uh, as an employee, but you will have to pay it back through your tax return. Is that right?
5: Effectively, that that's that, that's the uh, that's the difficult that's the pain with it. If if you go through the levels, so that's right.
1: And just finally on uh, uh, pain for uh, for higher earners or wealthier people, um, there were some measures on inheritance tax today. At first glance, it didn't seem too serious. It just seemed to be a freezing of the, the nil rate band at 325,000. Um, but there were some other measures, weren't there? Can you just explain what they were.
5: Well that's right the the band was frozen at 325000 when we were expecting it to go up to 350000 so that's been clawed back. Um, The other measures were um, some specific we believe specific anti-avoidance measures um, to catch transfers into certain types of trusts. Um, As things currently stand when you make a transfer into a trust you have a 20% inheritance tax charge and um, our reading of it is that there are some specific um, avoidance schemes that look to avoid that and these measures will, will attack those and prevent nose.
1: A few ways to keep your... To, to keep your mm. inheritance mm. or gifts that you're looking to make outside of the inheritance
5: tax net that's right um, until we see the detail of those we don 't know sort of what other collateral damage those measures might have because often when things are introduced to counter a particular avoidance or perceived avoidance, and they can have other other implications which um, affect uh, other more benign transactions but we'll have to wait and see that what happens on those as is often the case, mm. and just
1: finally from all of you um, a- any really unexpected or uh, funny measures I got excited about the about the bingo duty, but it turns out it doesn't actually affect the punter, it affects the, uh, the bingo hall operator.
3: Right, I didn't realise that either, Matthew. I, yeah, I, I saw you get excited about that. Um, I don't think there were any huge surprises. I, I think the revenue were um, trailing that there might be a few surprises in this announcement. Um, I, other than the the banker's tax or banker payroll tax, I can't see any major surprises here. The continuing trend on anti-avoidance is that they're going to use the disclosure regime that they've got in place to stop what they see as um, you know, unacceptable avoidance, and that's a continuing
1: trend. And Paula, any any words of advice for uh, higher owners, lower owners, anything to watch out for that hasn't been mentioned?
4: Yes, yeah, so I, I, um, I quite like the provisions around um, electric cars and vans for employees and the fact that the benefit in kind um, will be zero from 6th of April next year. Although I have to say I'm not sure I could be persuaded to drive one um, yet. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm not, I'm not sure whether <laughs> the,
1: the FT will invest in a, in a, yes. in a, in a, in a fleet of G Wizzers, whatever yes. they're called uh, either. But uh, thank you all very much uh, indeed for your wise words. That was Richard Proctor of Grant Thornton, Paula Higgleton of Deloitte and Claire Evans of PwC. And for more explanation of the bonus levy, pension tax relief and those inheritance tax rules, see FT Money this weekend and ft.com forward slash PBR. And finally today, Green Tax Breaks. A boiler scrappage scheme and an exemption of all electric cars from company car tax for five years were among a range of measures announced by the Chancellor to encourage consumers and businesses to become more energy efficient. But what are they actually worth to you? Uh, Tanya, you've been getting eco-friendly. Will you be better off?
6: Um, yes, on a whole, obviously, um, we will be. Um, the boiler scrappage scheme is probably the one that stands out the most and probably the most headline-grabbing. Um, it's obviously introduced in the same vein as the um, the car scrappage scheme that we saw before. What the government said is that they will give you £400 to replace an old G-rated boiler with a new energy-efficient one. But what it needs to be pointed out, it has to be a working G-rated yeah. boiler.
1: And, and G-rated, um, does that mean that it's inefficient?
6: It's basically a G-rated boiler would tend to be a boiler that's probably had for 15 years or more it's a very old one it tends to be under 70% efficient really so it's quite an old boiler
1: and let's have a look at the uh, other measures Um, if you have a wind turbine on the roof of your house or solar panels you can now flog your excess electricity back to the national grid tax-free
6: Yes, that's actually an existing scheme. It's called the Government's um, Clean Energy cashback Scheme. And what they're basically now saying that the payment, which is a fixed payment that they basically guarantee to anyone who decides to take part in this scheme, they basically said that um, they will now it will now be a tax-free payment. So next year they're saying, on average, people who do this scheme will be having to borrow you about £900 tax payment for it. And um, this will probably save you around £180 for a kind of basic rate taxpayer.
1: And uh, finally, just very quickly, um, are we all going to be driving electric company cars?
6: Well, I think the government would like that to be the case. What about electric bikes?
2: I'm getting a bit sort of lazy and middle-aged, and I'm thinking if I can get one of those bikes that will, will go, would use electricity. You know, uh, Would they cancel <laughs> along those little cars? I don't, so don't think price. they were mentioned. I don't
6: think right. electric bikes were under. And kind of my boiler's of not covered either here, so
2: all I've got <laughs> is the hot air to power my windmill, haven't I?
1: You, well, you, yes, you're a major loser in this pre-budget report, so <laughs> uh, sorry to break the news. Uh, thanks for that, uh, Tanya. And if you'd like to know more about those energy-efficient measures, look out for Tanya's article in FT Money this weekend. But that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you can get all of our pre-budget report analysis on our website, ft.com forward slash money. And you can read and comment on our latest blog posts at ft.com forward slash money matters. We'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Tanya and Steve. Goodbye. Bye.